Hello, and welcome to the Good Life Review podcast, where we share the sounds of the stories of up-and-coming writers. I am your host, Trelena Daniel. Today, we are excited to be showcasing the work of our Nebraska State poet while indulging in some conversations about peanut brittle and strange news stories. Grab yourself a treat and listen in. Hi, my name is Matt Mason. I wrote the poems Flash and In the Packed Auditorium. With Matt Mason being our Nebraska State poet, it's no wonder that some of his poetry is inspired by the happenings in our state news. The poem Flash is based on this one inch, like a tiny article I read in the World Herald. And in this like one inch of text, it described uh, some guy in a pickup truck in the middle of the night in Lincoln running his pickup truck into a church, like through a church, sideswiping a school, spinning out on the uh, you know the lawn of the state capitol and jumping out naked and getting you know apprehended there. And just this tiny article, and I, I thought it was just fascinating. And I, you know, I checked for weeks following the news, uh, just to see if there was ever any follow up. I would Google the story and never found out anything more. So that's just something that kept with me and eventually became a poem. This was such an odd news story that I think the story stuck with Matt for a very long time. I still wonder, you know. What was, who was this guy? What happened? What led to this? Why that church in that school? And yeah. who knows? So, so if anybody's listening to this podcast and knows, let me know. Absolutely. We'll have to send you an email. <laughs> Please do. Or something about this. <laughs> happening. And with Warren Buffett specifically, was there any reason that you, you chose to write that one particular piece about, about him? I, I think a lot of uh, Warren Buffett, I think, is a good subject just because he is this such highly regarded, revered individual, yet he's really goofy. I, I You know, you, you see the interviews with him. He's very playful. He's very comfortable in front of a camera. And, and it's just kind of this this neat range of personality and uh, reputation in this one guy. So it's fascinating, you know, having worked on a camera crew for years and followed him. um, uh, There's just so much to kind of examine and write about. So yeah, I think Buffett's, he's, he's pretty fantastic as a, as a subject matter. So you did follow him and you can confirm he is a big peanut brittle fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So at the annual meeting, you know, they're in the whatever center now. It changes name every couple of years. But this giant auditorium, you know, thousands of people in the stands and they answer questions for like, you know, all day long um, from the audience. Uh, They just patiently these two guys, Buffett and his partner, Charlie Munger, sitting in front at a table. And they answer questions and they're, you know, half the questions they answer, the other one's crunching peanut brittle into the microphone um, or, you know, drinking cherry Coke and and stuff. So it's just a very relaxed atmosphere. 
um, that, you know, some people stake their financial fortunes on the knowledge they will gain from it. And it's, you know, two really old guys eating peanut brittle and hanging out. It's really funny. If you're wondering, I'm actually eating pumpkin seeds, not a peanut <laughs> When we recorded this episode in September 2020, fall was fast approaching, so I was obviously chowing down on some pumpkin seeds, and he was munching away at his daughter's pumpkin-shaped cookies while we were doing this interview. Quick disclaimer, we had some choppy audio, so my apologies on some abrupt word cutouts in the upcoming segments, but this next one I asked him what authors were inspiring him these days. 2020 in a pandemic. I'm finding reading a little bit harder because my concentration is, it's not good. It, it's, I've never encountered something like this, but um, Ross Gay has been, I, I think, good lately. I've been reading a little of him, but also just listened to a, like an hour long discussion with him that I thought was fantastic. Um, I've been reading a fair amount of literary magazines, um, uh, Sugar ha- Sugar House Review, uh, Plain Song Review that I really enjoy. Um, I picked up a random sci-fi novel. That I can't even think of the name of it, uh, but just somebody had said something good uh, about it on Twitter, so I ordered it from the library and just just to try to get some escapist reading in. And so, when uh, obviously the name of the magazine is called the Good Life Review, so. When you hear the term good life, what do you think of? You know, when, when I hear the, the name of the good life, I think of Nebraska because that's kind of been you know, the motto of it. And, and I think it, it both, uh, again, you know, it's 2020. So I, I find everything tainted at this point. <laughs> like the whole world is, uh, is tainted. Um, I, you know, I think about what we all try to attain in just a good uh simple life of uh, having a little bit uh you know having a comfortable job um health care uh, food something nice to eat uh, some fun things to do uh, and and then then that's countered just by the situation we're at where we're kind of you know, I'm sure people are living the good life. And some people I've heard, you know, are living their best life in this pandemic. And, and that's, that's wonderful. Um, I'm not one of them at this point. I think the first couple months I was good. It's like, oh, I'm stuck at home. I'm going to do stuff. And I did. And then, you know, my concentration just started going as it stretched a bit. But um, so, yeah, I think the the good life is something that 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 I think is a real tangible good goal that's a little tough in Nebraska right now for a lot of people. And I think that's a shame. Um, I think, you know, I won't go too in depth about our elected representatives in this state, but, you know, I'm disappointed in a lot of what I see from them as far as helping people attain the good life, uh, which again, is not like riches or massive wealth. I think it's just being able to live comfortably and you know if I work and if I, you know eat and things like that um that's kind of the promise the pioneer promise for nebraska you know i think you mentioned like a couple of times being in a pandemic can is a bit rough with regard to concentration and um how do you keep your writing fresh and how do you avoid ruts when you're writing <laughs> 
I part of it I've been lucky in that I you know early on um developed habits of just writing and not worrying about how good it is how bad it is things like that um my goal was just to write a new poem at, at least one new poem every week and so I had a deadline I would work on it. the main thing is when I was started up with that I didn't write it. I wasn't writing for publication. I wasn't sharing my work with people. I was just writing kind of for my own personal benefit. You know, it helped me process the world, helped me understand things going on around me. Um, and, you know, if it ended up being good work, that that's awesome. Um, but it was kind of a lot of it was personal for me just to get things out. And at some points, you know, I was writing some weird stuff. It had punchlines, funny bits, which, um, you know, this is shortly right after college. And I would go, you know, after college, I want to keep studying poetry. So I would go to a bookstore, guess, oh, this book won the National Book Award for Poetry. I will read it and learn from it. And I would read it. And I was like, I don't really like this book. Um, it happened too many times. You know, some of them are wonderful, but a few times I'm reading these books and it's like, ah. and it made me really doubt, you know, if what I was writing was even could be called poetry. Um, and, but I just kept writing it. And then I, I happened, I was living in Des Moines at the time and Galway Cannell did a reading in town that I went to and it was the first time I saw, you know, an award-winning bona fide poet, uh, state poet of Vermont, who had, a, you know, some poems that I'm sitting there in the audience going, oh, my God, I wish I'd written something like that. I wish I could write something like that. And that really turned me around. It, I mean, it told me that what I was writing was poetry. Um, and it helped. But so that's why I don't really ever feel in a rut too much. I can go a few months where I don't write anything that's all that interesting overall. And I just put those in a drawer and never show in another human being. But, you know, with that deadline, I'm constantly working on things. And some of them are, I think, fit to send out to magazines, put into uh, books uh, and others, you know, their practice. Um, a, a terrible poem isn't really a terrible poem if it helps you write a good poem later. So, yeah. I think it's just, it's been a helpful way of looking at poetry for me um, rather than kind of feeling like I'm in a competition or writing for publication. Um, so it's, I'm just lucky I kind of started with that. As we mentioned in the start, Matt Mason is the Nebraska State Poet. And if you're not sure what that means, it's okay. I wasn't 100% sure when I started the interview either. The position of Poet Laureate was established in 1921 with the naming of John G. Nyhart by the Nebraska Legislature. The position title shifted to Nebraska State Poet when William Klofgren was appointed in 1982. Nyhart and Klofgren both served lifetime appointments. Twilight Hansen was appointed for a five-year term from 2013 to 2019, and now Matt Mason has been appointed the Laureate and is currently in his five-year appointed term. Thankfully, Matt has agreed to read a couple of his poems for us, so let's look forward to Matt Mason, the Nebraska State Poet, um, reading to us on this lovely podcast. Okay, Th this poem is called Flash. 
It's uh comes from a one inch long news story in the Omaha World Herald. 3 a.m. Naked man in Nebraska drives his truck through a church, sideswipes a school, ends up spinning on the state capitol's lawn. He's wearing nothing but rain and spotlights. His skin, a living glitter ball across the grass. Stepped out, a superstar. Blue-red paparazzi pulses flashing breakneck beats around the streetlight city. You can't publicize a show like this. Too much is the surprise of it. That otherwise would keep you brewing coffee after bedtime so you could sneak to the church halfway to dawn, sit with the whole neighborhood, everybody here, the Presbyterians, the Baptists from the Red House, everybody squeezed in the balcony, meditating on the pair of candles far away as stars before the scene ignites before a choir of rubber and internal combustion blazes up the aisle slows like genuflection screeches left at the altar tips the holy bird bath and parts the side doors like a sea mary just smiles jesus doesn't even turn his head not a soul notice Capitol building looks in this rain, confetti of light beams, orange pickups spinning on the green, tires spraying mud across the cosmos. In such a funky town spectacle, you'd think the officers would move more like the YMCA dancers, leap like antelope, prowl like panthers, instead of such clumsy choreography where they fall on this slick fish naked highlight and beat his chin into the muck they lie to the rain saying that's it for the show nothing to see here get yourselves home before we get into the second poem he's going to read us i also want to just include that matt mason is the executive director of the nebraska writers collective He has run poetry programs for the State Department in Nepal, Romania, Botswana, and Belarus. Mason is the recipient of the Pushcart Prize, and his work can be found in magazines and anthologies, including Ted Kozer's American Life and Poetry. Matt is based out of Omaha with his wife and poet, Sarah McKinstry-Brown, and his two daughters, Sophia and Lucia. This poem's called In the Packed Auditorium. Warren Buffett eats peanut brittle. Live, on stage, in front of 40,000 faces, he makes it look easy, picks up a golden chip mid-sentence, uses that same hand to gesture a point to life, punctuates with a crunch. You crane your neck for the video screen, hoping to see the slow-mo replay, but no, it's just some monologue about picking stocks making money. Uh, So both of those poems come from my book, uh, which is coming out later this year. It's called, uh, I have a poem, uh, The Size of the Moon. Um, So coming out supposedly in October, (laughs) but we'll see. That's almost here. I know, I'm excited. If you missed a word from some of our audio issues, you can read the entire piece at thegoodlifereview.com. Thanks for listening to the Good Life Review podcast. 
We are very excited to keep producing these podcasts and bringing you great stories from our current writers. Huge thank you to our editorial team that is mostly based out of Nebraska and almost entirely made up of writers from the flyover states, which is why we don't want your work to be overlooked. If you have a piece you'd like to submit, head on over to our submittable page, thegoodlifereview.submittable.com. Don't forget to like us on social media. On Facebook, you can find us at The Good Life Review. And on Twitter, we're The Good Life Lit Mag. If you could give us a few stars on iTunes, that would be fantastic. We hope that despite these difficult days, you are indeed living the good life.